Welcome to Awaken Life Church podcast. For more information about our church, please visit awakenlifechurch.net. We hope you enjoy this message by Daniel Willett. So last week I talked about powerful community. And I, I feel like we need to keep talking about community. And so this week I was like praying. I was like, Lord, what's, what am I supposed to say? You know, what's the message this week? And, you know, God kind of talks to me like he talked to Dylan the other day. Like, you know, I don't know if he's ever called me dude, but. <laughs> but he talks to us and he speaks our language. And so I'm just processing, Lord, you know, what, what, you know what's, what's on your heart for this week? What should I talk about? And I kept feeling like we're supposed to keep talking about community. And so I had this thought in my head. I was out and about somewhere. I was getting back in my car, and I was like, I really feel like it's supposed to be community and connection. I was like, but Lord, I need you to confirm that. So I get in. I, I turn my key in my car, and the Bluetooth voice comes on, and it says, waiting for connection. I was like, that's a sign. And then, then like, the next day, like, uh, I get a message from uh, Chad Deadman, and he's like, hey, man. It was funny because it was a really short message, but he's like, hey, I really want to connect with you. And that word connect was just, like, t- super big. He's like, I really want to connect. And so I message him back. I was like, I want to connect with you. <laughs> and so, yeah, we're just going to talk about community today, powerful community, and continue to talk about uh, connection So I heard someone say this, I think of myself as really kind and patient until I get around other people. (laughs) How many relate to that? So in community, iron sharpens iron, and we find out what's really going on inside of us, and it's a huge blessing. So when you get around this person that rubs you the wrong way, they could just be a blessing sent from heaven. Because every time that that happens, it's an invitation for more of God to work through this issue. Like, you you know, you start to process, Lord, what is it with this person that's pushing this button in me? So God puts us in community to sharpen us. He uses community to heal us. It's James 5.16. We talked about it last week. He uses community to heal us. It's one of the ways that he uses to get to us to heal us. So the best thing that you can do in community is to be fully you. That's really good news. You don't have to have a mask on. You get to be you. You be fully you. I'll be fully me. And we all fit together beautifully. We complement one another. Jesus Christ is the cornerstone And we fit together around him perfectly. That cornerstone, I talked about it last week, but it's really just impacted me because, as I said, like if I went into masonry work, I'd be fourth generation. So all the Willettes in my family line are all masons. And uh, when I say masons, I mean stone masons. (laughs) Like, what kind of a church is this? You, You do have to clarify. It's an important distinction there. So they, my dad still does a lot of masonry work, and, um, you know, I love seeing the rock work in particular is, like, the really beautiful stuff that he does. And the cornerstone, traditionally, it would, like, determine all the other rocks. So they would go back and look at the, the cornerstone. So, like, the colors in the cornerstone, what it looked like, the type of stone it was, it, everything else had to match that. And so it would probably have, in in a lot of cases, it would have colors, like multiple colors in these stones. Like if you've ever seen those beautiful granite, they can have so many different colors in them. 
And so all the other stones would match in different ways to that cornerstone. And that just really ministered to me as we all fit around Christ and we all have different shades of, of the shades that are in the cornerstone. And when we're fully authentically us, we're just shining that you know, piece of Jesus that only us can shine, but we all kind of have, you know, we all kind of match Jesus in some way in different ways. So it's so powerful. So you be extremely you, I'll be extremely me, and we complement one another perfectly. Jesus Christ is the cornerstone, and we fit around him perfectly. So we don't have to, you don't have to be like me. I want to share this story. Um, Heidi Baker and Bill Johnson, they're very different. Like if you've ever heard them preach, if you've ever been around them, they're both very different, but they just, they beautifully like compliment one another. Like Bethel for years, they've just had like offices for Iris Ministries and they're like, you guys have offices here. Just, you can use them whenever you need, but we're just saving office space for you because they're just honoring uh, Heidi Baker. And there's a story I heard about Heidi and she would never, uh, she flies all the time and she's in her 60s now and she would never use ministry money to upgrade her flight to first class. She just didn't feel right about it. She's like, no, I fly coach and I'm not gonna use ministry money to upgrade to first class. Well, Bill Johnson heard about this and he said, I want you to start flying first class everywhere you go and at the end of the year, send me the bill and I will personally pay for it out of my own pocket. And so not Bethel, like Bill Johnson himself, pays for it. He's like, I want you to fly first class everywhere you go, and I'm going to pay for it out of my own expenses. So this is like a picture of like, you know, she's able to honor like what she feels. She's like, I don't feel right upgrading to first class with ministry money. She's able to honor what she thinks she's to do, and Bill is coming and honoring her, and they just fit together in this beautiful way. I just thought that was a great story. So I think Chris Valentin is the one that says this. He says, unity isn't Conformity. Unity is a celebration of diversity. That set me free when I heard that. Unity isn't conformity. Unity is a celebration of diversity. Weak leaders try to make everybody like them. Strong leaders try to pull out the gold in others, and they're not threatened by the greatness in others, and they're not threatened by other people surpassing them. You know, as a father, if you just be a father, if you just be a mother, you can never be replaced. You're irreplaceable. If you're just a father and that's your role, people can surpass you and you can never be replaced. And you're just cheering them on. Go, 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 go. Brothers compete against one another. Fathers celebrate. Fathers celebrate. And we need to transition from competition with one another into celebration of one another. All right, so I just want to review A little bit of last week, we talked about the four pillars of powerful community. And does, does anybody remember what they were? Just shout out one if you remember one. Vulnerability, Jesus at the center. Empathy, brave conversations. Wow, you guys are good. I am so proud of you. Gold star. Yes, so good. Jesus at the center. He's the cornerstone. We all fit around him perfectly. We're not trying to get him to fit around us. We're fitting around him. He's at the center, and we all match the cornerstone in some way. We talked about vulnerability, and I'm just going to give you quick definitions for these. We're just reviewing a little bit. 
Vulnerability is letting people see the real you and inviting people to speak into your life. It's vulnerable to let people see the real you, to not have the mask on. And it's vulnerable to let other people speak into your life. Now, you shouldn't ask everybody to speak into your life, but you should have key people, like pastors and leaders and mothers and fathers and spiritual grandmas and grandpas and people that God have showed you to speak into your life. And you need to be vulnerable and let them give you feedback. This is how we grow. I actually grew up where I didn't get feedback from my parents. My parents divorced when I was young. And I really never got encouraged to do anything. Like, I, told, I love my mom and dad. But I, d- I really didn't get, like, like, a lot of, like, healthy feedback of, like, hey, I want to I speak into your life and call out gold. And, and so, like, I actually, I don't know if this is unique to me, but I actually love feedback. <laughs> I actually have people in my life where I'm like, G- please give me your feedback. Like, let me know if, I, if I'm doing something weird, if I'm saying something weird, or here, I'm just going to kind of share what I'm, my process is right now, and I, I invite you to give me feedback. And I actually value it. I receive love from it. So when people are like, yeah, I don't think you're thinking correctly in this, I actually feel loved by that. I'm like, thank you. Thank you for loving me enough to speak into my life. Where do we see vulnerability in the word? James 5.16, admit your faults to one another and pray for one another so that you may be healed. It's a scripture about vulnerability, and it's a scripture about receiving healing and community, James 5, 16. That's a good one. We talked about empathy. So empathy, I'm going to give you a real simple definition, putting yourself in someone else's shoes. Putting yourself in someone else's shoes and trying to understand someone else's perspective. Empathy is about understanding, trying to understand someone else's perspective. So empathy, when you, when you empathize with someone, you can uh, validate their emotions. So you're not validating their dysfunction. You're not validating wrong beliefs. You're not validating the wrong be- behavior in their life, but you can validate what they're experiencing. You can validate their emotions, and you can be with them in their heart emotion, even if it's a result of wrong belief, wrong behavior. And that actually gives you a doorway to actually speak into their life. So if we, but if we don't start with empathy, it can just sound like we're just trying to fix somebody, we're just trying to correct somebody. But when we start with empathy, it actually makes people feel understood and known. Amen? We talked about brave conversations. Brave conversations is bringing feedback to people in a healthy way that deepens connection. That's my definition for that. Bringing feedback to people in a healthy way that deepens connection. How, how many know we can bring feedback to people in an unhealthy way? Yeah, there's, there's all kinds of wrong ways to do these things, okay? But we want to bring feedback to people in a healthy way that actually deepens connection. So we don't have brave conversations to end relationships. We have brave conversations to steward and protect our relationships, We have these conversations because we actually want to protect the relationship. If you have an issue with your brother and you just decide not to to bring it up, that issue becomes a wall between you and them. And eventually you start to make separation or, or maybe you just cut them off completely in your life. And so we have those brave conversations because we don't want those walls there. We actually want to bring people closer 
So we're going to give them healthy feedback. We're going to have brave conversations to protect the relationship, to bring people closer. If you have friends in your life that you've had for 15 years, 20 years, if you have a marriage that's lasted that long, I bet you you've had a lot of brave conversations. You can't have friendships that last for 15 years without doing that, that's, that are close, powerful, vulnerable relationships. And so all the relationships I can think of where I have a relationship for that long, we've went through things and it's actually brought us closer. When you do this right, it actually builds trust. It builds trust. You're like, I can go through things with this person and not blow up the relationship. And they don't run away screaming and I'm not running away screaming. We, we work it out and it actually connects you in deeper ways. Where do we see this in the word? Matthew 18, 15. If your brother or sister sins, go and point out their fault. Just between the two of you, that's the key. If they listen to you, you have won them over. So again, the goal in Brave Conversations is to win your brother back, to remove offense and get closer to the person. Amen? It's the most loving thing you can do to someone, for someone, is have that Brave Conversation. So some of you might be thinking right now, yeah, I've got an issue with someone and instead of having that brave conversation or I've had issues with people in the past and instead of having those brave conversations, I've created distance. I've created distance because I just didn't want to have the conversation. So I I would just say it's not too late to have those conversations because again, our goal is to win our brother, to remove that offense and to win our brother back to bring them closer. Okay, so all these things are not just a bunch of hippy-dippy baloney. (laughs) Joy, bet me I wouldn't say that. I win. I win. It's (laughs) It's not just a bunch of good psychology. This is God's way of doing this stuff. This, this is why I give you the word. This is all the, all the scriptures I just gave you, except for James, is all Jesus. He's telling us how to do community. He's telling us to have brave conversations. He's telling us to be vulnerable. He's telling us there's healing in community. This is not just good information. It's God information. This is Jesus' idea for community. Amen? So we're, we're trusting in, in what God said and what Jesus said. So why is it important to steward a healthy church community? I mean, I could say, obviously, so many things, and you could probably think of so many things, but I just wanted to highlight this one thing. We are the bride of Christ, and the bride is a reflection of her husband. So when we steward this, when people come in here, they see a healthy family, they see, and they see a beautiful reflection of Jesus Christ. Amen. So we want to become this healthy family and steward these things well. Be vulnerable. Take off the mask. Have the brave conversations. Connect to one another. We're never going to do it perfectly. But we want to do it and we want to steward this healthy community so that we're a beautiful reflection of Jesus. Amen. The bride reflects the groom. All right. I want to read 1 John 3.16. Not John 3.16. But 1 John 3.16, it just was interesting to me. John 3.16 is about God loving the world and about Jesus sacrificing himself. And 1 John 3.16 is also about God loving the world and Jesus sacrificing himself. 
So I'm going to read this in the Passion Translation. I'm going to read three verses, 316 through 18. It says, this is how we have discovered love's reality. Jesus sacrificed his life for us. Because of this great love, we should be willing to lay down our lives for one another. If anyone sees a fellow believer in need and has the means to help him, yet shows no pity and closes his heart against him, how is it even possible that God's love lives in him? Verse 18, beloved children, our love can't be abstract theory that we only talk about, but it must be a way of life demonstrated through our loving deeds. So this verse is about loving one another in community. Loving one another in community. How do we do that? How do we love each other in community? I'm glad you asked. I think it's a great question. How do we do that? How do we turn love into a way of life that we demonstrate towards one another? I think that's just beautifully written. We want to turn love into a way of life that we demonstrate towards one another. Well, the first thing I want to talk about is connection. So your heart, whether you realize it or not, is waiting for connection. Just like my GPS said, waiting for connection. Like that's your heart. Your heart's crying out like my, my uh, Bluetooth you know, speaker thing. Waiting for connection. Looking for connection. Need connection. So whether you're, you're willing to go there or not, your heart's crying out. It's like, I need connection. I'm waiting to be connected to. We've been talking about in our revival group, um, we've been talking about this. How do we create relationships with people that are relational and not just transactional? And it, become, it can become really easy to have a bunch of transactional relationships with people. To where we're like, I do something for you, you do something for me. And it can be really easy, and I've done it, where you're just calling people because you need something. You're like, hey, I need this. It's, and it turns into this transactional relationship where people are calling you and they need something. And so how do, how do we turn our relationships into relational connection instead of just a transaction is involved both ways? Another good question. How do we do this? I want to share this story. A, a few years ago, I think it's about five years ago now, when we were really getting started in this church, I did um, Uber for a while. And um, I, w I did Uber to supplement our income as we were working in, in the church. And it didn't work, by the way. I, I think I did Uber for about four months, and I think I ended up about $700 in the hole. So I was like, wow, well, that didn't work. But I got to, I got to like, share Jesus a lot. It was really good. <laughs> the whole like making money, like supplementing my income, didn't, it backfired. But, but I got to share Jesus with so many people. And I had, I had some really good stories from that time. But there was, there's one story I want to share with you. And it just underscores the value and the importance and the power of connection. So I picked up this girl. She's probably in her mid-20s. And she sat in the back. And we had about a 20-minute ride, uh, and I was taking her to a Fry's grocery store. So we're driving kind of across town to get to a Fry's, and we're passing other grocery stores, and, and, and even other Fry's 
grocery stores that were like, well, there's a closer fries, but, you know, so we probably passed seven closer grocery stores to get to this grocery store. So I was kind of like, huh, I wonder why she wants to go to this particular fries. She was really talkative and, and she just talked to me the whole time we just had a conversation. So toward the end of the ride, when, I, when we almost got to the destination, she said this to me. She said, I actually have extreme social anxiety. And she said, I um, actually cannot have a conversation with people face-to-face. She goes, if I'm face-to-face with someone, I can't even talk. And she goes, I took an Uber ride some time ago. And she goes, I realized that if I'm not face-to-face with someone, I can actually have a conversation with them. And she goes, so I started taking Uber rides so I could have conversations with people. How powerful is connection, the need for connection? She literally would take 20-minute Uber rides one way just so she could connect with people. Connection is powerful. And again, your heart's crying out, waiting for connection, waiting to connect. So I'm on a personal journey, and I invite you to come along with me in learning how to live a more connected life in community with others. I'm I'm asking the Lord. That's a journey I'm on. I'm like, Lord, show me how to do this. Show me how to celebrate people. Show me how to connect with people. Show me how to open up myself to deeper connection and to actually connect with other people. So connecting with others and taking time to just really know one another is one of the ways that we can love each other in community. Just taking the time to really know, just hear someone's story. It's one of the ways you can love someone, just like, hey, I want to hear your story. What's your testimony? And I just want to connect, connect with you. And what, where did you come from? What have you gone through in your life? What are your victories in life? This is how we connect with people. I believe that the Lord is going to start to show you ways as you ask God, God, show me how to do this. Show me how to connect in deeper ways. And I believe God's going to start to show you deeper ways to connect with people in your community. So here's some things that keep us from connecting in community. And I I know I've had all these. Um, Here's some things that keep us from connecting. Fear of connection. Fear of inadequacy. Fear of rejection. Just fear of connection. You may be like, yeah, I've connected with people and got hurt before. So So now you have this. The Bible calls it a stronghold, this belief that like if I connect, it's going to end in pain. So we might have a fear of connection. We might have fear of inadequacy. Uh, you know, these people are wonderful people. I don't want to start to connect with them and they realize I'm, I'm not wonderful. You know, there's fear of just being inadequate, just like I'm, maybe I'm just not cool enough for the community or whatever. Fear of rejection. Now, if I connect, people will reject me. And I I don't want to experience that pain. So those are some things that keep us from connecting in community. But here's the powerful thing is as you start to do this, you're like, okay, Jesus, you're telling me to connect in my community. And and I'm afraid, but I'm going to start to do it anyway. And as you start to do it anyway, watch how God shows up and starts to heal some of those things. I'll, I'll admit something to you. We started evangelism in January, and I did not like it at first. I did not like it. And when we were, when we were, when we were uh, doing uh, a few weeks ago, we were doing the, the uh, spirit, soul, and body, you know, teaching. 
And I realized after going through that t- teaching and preaching some of those messages, I realized, oh, my flesh hated evangelism when we started. Like, my pride, like, fear of rejection, fear of man, like, I hate, I didn't like, my flesh hated it. But my spirit, I could see as I just said, okay, I've committed to six months of this. My spirit, I could feel it getting stronger and rising up and rising up and rising up and getting more excited every time I went out. To where now it's like something has happened, by the way. I meant to share this earlier, but something's happened in the last like six or seven weeks in evangelism. It's like instead of like I feel like the first few weeks were like people were trying to run away from you. And I'm telling you, like Dakota experienced this uh, yesterday. We Dakota and I were par- partnered up. Um, People don't want you to leave. Like, this just happened in, like, six, seven months. They're like, or six, seven weeks. They're like, tell me more. Like, and, and the Holy Spirit just shows up. And I, and I don't know exactly what it is, but I can tell you my spirit's gotten more and more excited as I've went out. And my spirit feels amazing after evangelizing. Like, my flesh, it's getting, like, less and less bothered. <laughs> but my spirit feels amazing. And I just feel, like, so good after I evangelize. My spirit's just so happy. So as, why do I share that? Because as we do the things that maybe we're afraid of, watch God show up. If it's something that God's telling us to do and you just do it anyway, watch God show up. Courage isn't not being afraid. Courage is actually doing it anyway in the, in the presence of fear. Like, you know, I'm going to do this anyway. That's Courage. So as we start to become intentional about connection, Jehovah Sneaky has brilliant ways to work those things out in us. And I've seen it in my own life. Watch Jehovah Sneaky sneak up on you. Sneaky, sneaky. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, my spirit's just loving evangelism. My flesh is like, what if we get rejected? I don't want to be, I don't want to be rejected. But my spirit's like, I'm so excited. This is going to be an amazing day. Yeah, that's what my spirit, that's what my flesh sounds like. I don't want to be rejected. I don't like that. (laughs) All right, connection. In community, it's a God idea. Again, it's a God idea, not just a good idea. Okay, so another thing about connection, sometimes when we struggle, our first inclination, and I've been there many times, our first inclination can be to isolate. But we need to start to retrain ourselves to reach out and connect when we're struggling. That's actually the thing you, that's the most important thing you need to do when you're struggling is you need to reach out and not be an island, not try to figure it out on your own. I think it's the sad end of many ministries and many pastors as they become an island. They're like, well, I'm the pastor. I can't reach out to people. So I just got to suck it up and deal with this. And man, we're not meant to do that. I'm not meant to do that. Joy's not meant to do that. You're not meant to do that. We all need people speaking into our life. Bill Johnson needs people speaking into his life. We all need that. You're not meant to be an island. So when you're struggling, connect to community. Reach out, especially to those people God showed you. These people are safe to share your heart with. and God will show you who to, who to reach out to.
Okay, so God puts you in a family for the purpose of connection. And I said this last week, but if you grew up in a dysfunctional family and you were wounded in, in family, it's just like God that he's going to use family, healthy family, to, to heal you and to restore you. He's going to use healthy community to heal you. Okay, so what else can we do to love each other well? I want to talk about celebrating people. A healthy family knows how to celebrate one another. <laughs> do, we don't have that picture, do we? Oh, we do? Oh, yes. Yes. Okay. So let me see. I didn't have time to process how I want to set this up. So give me a minute. Okay. So let me just set it up and then we can put the picture up. Two separate pictures? Okay, awesome. So we have five kids. We have four boys. And our two oldest boys, this was a few years ago, probably four or five years ago, um, they have birthdays like close to one another. And one was having uh, their birthday, and he was just so excited. He was just like, of course, just super excited, super happy, just like full of joy. And his other brother that's close, closest to him in age, not so much. He's not so much happy. He wasn't really celebrating his brother. So yeah, let's go ahead and put the, put the picture up. So this, this is the face you make when it's your birthday. Yeah, there's a little Rannon. And then go, show the next one. This is the face you make when it's your brother's birthday. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's real. He had a hard time celebrating his brother that day. Yeah. So that was, he was, Rannon was seven, so that was five years ago. Wow. Yeah, almost six years ago. So, yeah. So I just thought of that this week. I was like, remember that meme you did? She put that up on Facebook. So that, that was real. But God wants us to celebrate one another. I'm just going to talk about celebrating people for a minute. By the way, empathy, this is an important point on empathy. Empathy is not just feeling with people when they're going through tough emotions, but empathy is also celebrating with one another. We want to connect to their good emotions and celebrate with them. Um, Chris Kildosher texted me this week, and he was just like, man, I just got to speak to this group of, like, young teenagers, and there was, like, healings and salvations and tears, and I was like, I want to connect to that feeling because I could easily be like well I wasn't there no <laughs> I have no idea what you're talking about that sounds fun but I'm like I want to connect to that so I just start imagining like this is this is empathy I want to understand I want to put myself in his shoes I start imagining what would that be like I was like oh that would be amazing <laughs> and so I like text him back I was like wow I feel that and like emoji bunch of emojis fire fire like boom explosion so empathy is not just connecting to people's sadness, but connecting to their joy. Jesus mourns with those who mourns, and he, he rejoices with those who rejoice. Amen? This is Jesus. Again, I bet you didn't know that scripture was about empathy. He mourns with those who mourns, and he rejoices with those who rejoice. Sometimes we have to do both at the same time. We were in Reading um, 
well, two or three years ago when they were having the really bad fires. It just happened to be the week we were there visiting. And some people were there in that service, and they were so happy that their house didn't burn down, that it passed. And there were other families that they lost their house. And Bill Johnson said something profound. He goes, we rejoice with those who rejoice, and we mourn with those who mourn. And sometimes we do both at the same time. And he said, today we're doing both. If you've lost your home, we're, we're mourning with you. If you are excited because you didn't lose your home, we're rejoicing with you. So connect with people's joy. It's powerful. It's powerful. It's one of the ways you can enter into joy is like, if you're struggling, find someone who's going through uh, something awesome. That something great's happening in their life. And you're like, I'm going to connect to that emotion right now. I'm not trying to bury my own emotion, but I want to connect to their joy and empathize with that. All right. Use empathy to connect with other people in their victories. Let's learn to celebrate people in our community. I want to get better at this. I want to rejoice with you when you're rejoicing. Yeah. Take time to hear someone else's story. It's, we talked about that in connection, but also in celebrating one another. Celebrate what God's done in their life. When you're getting to know someone, when someone comes new to our church, hey, what's your story? And celebrate, like, the good things that God's done in their life. When they're getting excited, they're sharing something that God's done, like, connect to that and get excited with them. Really makes people feel known. Empathy really, really makes people feel known and loved. We all want it. So, again, this is something that I want to grow in learning how to celebrate others well. I'm asking, Lord, help me. I, 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 don't, I would say I, I, got, I, need, I need upgrades. Lord, help me in this area. I want to I celebrate others in deeper ways. Let's learn to celebrate one another. It's a key to loving well in community. I have one more. I want to talk about honor. It's a really awesome scripture. 1 Peter 2.17. Three words, honor all people. Honor all people. Oh, I thought I was only supposed to honor those who are honorable. Oh, I thought I was only supposed to honor those who honor me well. I've had those moments. Honor all people. Honor all people. There's always a reward in honoring people. There's always a reward in honoring people. The Bible says if you receive a prophet in the name of a prophet, you receive a prophet's reward. How do you receive a prophet's reward? Honor the prophet. Now the same could be said for every other person in this room. How do you receive a reward from connecting in relationship with people? Honor them. And you'll receive the reward of the anointing that God's put on their life. That's not the motivation to do it. But when we do that, when we do things God's way, and when we honor people, even those who we don't deem honorable, we receive a reward from what God's put in their life. There's always a reward in honoring people. Listen. 
how you see other people will impact what you're able to receive from them. How you see other people is going to impact what you receive from them. I believe one of the reasons why so many things happen when a guy like Chris Kildosher comes or a guy like Levi Hug comes, so many, God does so many things. I'm still hearing testimonies from when Chris came in January. And God did radical things. And I believe one of the things that so much happens when these guys come is because we honor them. And it, that you guys are all part of that. You guys honor them so well. And we honored them as a church. And we're like, we want to receive the anointing that God's put on your life. And we just honor them the best that we can. And God shows up. I know for a fact, because I know both those guys well, I know for a fact that they go some places where they're not honored and God doesn't show up as much. Is God limited? No, but they're limiting themselves and what they can receive from them because of the way they see them. So when we receive them as anointed men of God, like they're not perfect, they're men. But when we receive them as anointed men of God, we receive the reward of that. It's a big deal. Honor is a key to accessing the gifts in other people's lives. In Jesus' hometown, because of people's unbelief, it limited what they received from him. It limited what they were able to receive. Could Jesus do anything? Can God do anything? Yes. But they were limited in what they could receive because they didn't honor him. So whether it's a friendship or whether it's friendship or, or it's wisdom or it's love or a healing anointing or prophetic encouragement or whatever it is in other people, honor is the key to accessing it. Whatever it is that God's put in your life, like when I honor you, that's the key to like drawing out that gold in you. Where the rubber meets the road is when we honor people who disagree with us. We honor people who think differently than us. Otherwise, we can end up with Christian cancel culture. You don't think like I do. You don't belong here. One of the things that makes Bethel so beautiful is their diversity. Like, they have such diversity in their leadership. Like, when you hear Bill speak, when you hear Chris Valentin speak, when you hear, like, Danny Silk speak, they are so radically different from one another. How many cultures, and I don't want to, oh, I have to be careful. Let me, let me just say it this way. They are not trying to create a cookie-cutter culture where everybody needs to be Bill. Bill would not have that. Bill, his, one of his life's thing is I'm, I'm pulling out the gold and the uniqueness in everybody around me. And I don't want you to be me. I want you to be you. It's really beautiful. And that's how we honor one another, not trying to make them like us. But we just honor the gifts that God put in, put in them. So 
So let's learn to love and honor each other well so that we can draw out the gold in each person in our community. How beautiful if we honor one another in ways that we're just pulling out and drawing out every, the gold that's in everyone. Then we're like those stones in the wall. Remember Jesus is the, the cornerstone and he's just this beautiful stone that's reflecting every color. And we get to be those beautiful stones placed around him that are reflecting our true beauty when we honor one another and God's just drawing out the beauty in us. Okay, I'm gonna close with this scripture. John 13, 35. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. By this, everyone will know you're my disciples if you love one another. We're not known by how many scriptures we've memorized. We're not known by how big our anointing is. We're not known by how much we've checked our holiness checklist. The greatest evidence that we are disciples of Christ is the love that we have for one another. By, by the way, all those things are good, except for the holiness checklist. You can kick that one to the curb. But those are the things that are they're good. But we're not known by those things. We're known by our love for one another. This is, this is how we're known. Would you stand to your feet this morning? I just want to pray over you. And I'm going to have uh, Pastor Joy close us out this morning. Lord, help us. We want to get better at this stuff, God. God, we want to do culture the way that you said to do it. Jesus, we want to do culture in the way that you're telling us to do it. Lord, help us to get better at connection. Help us to get better at just loving one another, hearing each other's stories Lord, help us to be a culture that celebrates one another, that, that is really good at celebrating people, that people feel honored and celebrated when they come here. Even if they're guests, even if they're just here for the first time, even if they're just visiting, that they just feel honored here. Lord, we know that you just honor us so well. Lord, help us to, to receive how you see us and help us to honor others in the same way. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah. I just declare over you this morning that as you begin to just um, have these conversations, there could be multiple things that just the Holy Spirit highlighted in this message this morning. And I just want to encourage you to have a conversation with the Lord. And as you're having that conversation with the Lord, he's going to begin to give you just tools to receive from him so that you can pour out in the same way. You know what? These are all things that God just does for us. He loves us. He celebrates us. He honors us. He connects with us. And sometimes we're having a hard time doing those things because we're not able to receive what he's giving us. So I just pray that those things are breaking in Jesus' name. Any blockage of, of the Lord just loving on you, I just declare those things are breaking off. And that God is going to begin to speak to you, and you're going to be able to receive from him and pour out. Thank you, Jesus. We love you, Lord. We praise you, God. We thank you for all that you're doing in our church. And God, we want to be a community that reflects the beauty of Christ in all of its magnificence. We want to reflect our Savior, Jesus Christ, as the beautiful bride. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen.